All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Game Shop Podcast. Joined by now recurring guest, uh, Mr. Drew Rose is back for his second appearance in a row, uh, this time on a little bit of a higher note as the Warriors win Game 5. Uh, Golden State now up 3-2 in the series, the chance to win the NBA Finals in Boston on Thursday. Drew, how are we feeling? Hey, first off, like you said, recurring guest, I'm pumped to be here. Um, yeah, a little bit more of a positive note. Uh, last night was a little more enjoyable to watch. Uh-huh. And yeah, I'm still a little nervous, though. This Celtics team still scares me. Um, but we'll get into it. All right. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with what you want to start with, like Celtics problems, Warriors good? I don't know. Where do you want to start? Uh, well, I think a big thing was how uh, the Celtics kind of changed their defensive strategy going into yeah. the, the last night's game um, in terms of just taking Steph out of it, which I I kind of respected. I mean, I think that was a valid uh, option and way to try to stop this team, especially with Draymond and Draymond struggling and Clay kind of struggling. Um, but yeah, it was funny. I when they started fit when they cross half court, they just started face guarding him. And I was like, all right, someone's going to have to beat the Celtics tonight. That's not Steph. And, yeah, there's, uh, there's, yeah, a couple, there's a couple of videos on Twitter of like just possessions, like random possessions for the Warriors. And yeah, Curry would just stand on the half court line, not even with a ball. And mm-hmm. Jalen Brown would be face guarding him. And I think he played it right. Like Steph did what he had to do. I mean, uh, Oh, for 10 from three was tough. Yeah. Or nine or whatever it was. Um, and he even had some good looks, like even towards the end of the game, got some pretty wide open looks, just nothing was falling. I think he just got a little out of his game. Um, but clearly it didn't mean anything. Wiggins stepped up. Draymond played. I thought he played well, you know, like, of course he fouled out again, which is just amazing how he just, <laughs> he could just foul out all the time. Um, but there was one per- possession in particular with Draymond in the first quarter. And they like to do their little dribble handoffs over the top, about around the top of the key. Yeah. And Draymond got the ball, was going to do the handoff, and saw the paint was wide open and just took it to the basket and threw a dunk down. And it's yeah. like that mindset off the, off the beginning that I was like, oh, he's actually looking at the basket was just a s- wonderful sight. And I was like, okay, we might get some production tonight. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. No, I agree. He played. He played really well. Um, dude, Wiggins had had an yeah, incredible man. game. The guy is, uh, and it's just in all aspects. He just hustles everywhere. Like he, he's just like I don't know who told him. He's like, uh, you. By the way, you can rebound and you can play defense really well. <laughs> someone, someone must have told him that because. He uh he has played Tatum very well throughout this series. Um, Tatum has not made a big impact. He made a little bit that last night in that third quarter, especially, um, but nothing close to I think what people thought going in. I think people thought Tatum was going to be averaging 30, 30 a game or something. Yeah. You know, something like kind of what Steph's doing. Um, but yeah, Wiggins, he just and he's just confident shots. He was getting to the paint and just. Yeah, super pleased with his performance. Yeah, he's he's not. I mean, he was zero for six from three, but he still had twenty six and thirteen. 
Um, and yeah. yeah, I think you're right. He's not just taking threes. He's kind of accepted his role of being more of a, like he's a freak athlete and he's, and you're he right. Is. It's like someone told him that like, Hey buddy, you, you have like, you, you could have a really important role on this team that could help you mm-hmm. guys win a championship. And uh, yeah, he's, he's bought in for sure. And they're able to play smaller when he plays the way that he's been playing too, because he can guard and percent. 100%. I think when we first acquired him, I don't know if I said this last podcast, but I thought he was maybe going to be a glorified Harrison Barnes. Mm-hmm. And we were going to see like similar to 2015 Warriors. Um, but man, this dude stepping up. And it might just be because he's a veteran in the league or the system, but he's been playing good. <laughs> I think people need to relax on the uh, Wiggins for MVP stuff. I mean, it was one game. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's been playing good. Uh, and then I thought, I mean, Poole played – or not Poole. Uh, Gary Payton had a really big impact in game five as well, I thought. Yeah, Clay said he's – he put, he plays – like he's the best – he's the biggest 6'2 guy he's ever seen. Seriously. If that made sense. Like yeah. the fact that he's able to like kind of impose his will. Like he guarded Tatum when he was in. Mm-hmm. And if you're Tatum, you're thinking, wow, I got five inches on this dude. Yeah. I got the length. I've got everything. I could just back this guy down and turn around jumpers all day. But he was just being a pest. He was getting in front of him, sealing him. And, yeah, man, he's he's vital. He's 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 been playing really well. Yeah. I, I And a little bit even offensively. He had 15 points. That's, that's kind of crazy yeah. for, for Gary Payton he seems to find himself in a, in the right spot, whether it be a tip in yeah. uh, like really nice cut, maybe a yeah. fat, a fast break, but he like, he'll find himself open and kind of, he finishes finishes it most of the time. And even every now and then he'll hit a corner three or something, mm-hmm. you know, that they lay off him for. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that guy's a stud, man. I think just the biggest part of this game for the warriors is obviously to win this big of a game or to win this game with Steph having the performance that he did. And that's what I think I texted you right away. I was like, this is a huge win with Steph playing this bad. Um, it is. I, if you're the Celtics, like what, I, I don't know. I, I what, what's your mindset going forward? Like you, like you said, you changed up everything because Steph had been killing you and yeah, like this is this was their game plan. If you would have told them Steph went 0 for 9 and had 16 points, they're like, oh, we probably won, won that game by 20. And yeah. I this just it it felt more like a, a demoralizing loss for the Celtics than just like a crazy win for the Warriors, if that makes sense. I agree, but I also don't think the Celtics are in a bad spot because uh role players play better at home. True. So I don't think you can play that same game in Boston and expect to win. Like, I just – I don't think that's going to happen. They're not going to go – they missed they, – what were they, like one for, like, 17 in the first half from three? Yeah, I mean, they were they were 0 for, like, was it 11 or 12, their first 11 or 12 threes as a team? Yeah. So it's like that – the fact that they were that ice cold and uh, 
I mean, it showed in the third quarter when they came out and just got some quick stops, got some quick buckets and cut it down to two in a matter of what seemed like seconds. So this team is, I mean, disappointing. They've lost two in a row, especially the one at home and this one where they've played, like you said, Steph, the best player in this series, the best they could. Um, but I honestly think they keep that same strategy that they had and hope that the role players for the Warriors and even Wiggins don't have a game like they did. Mm-hmm. And then just pray they can make it to a game seven. Um, but I also think like the Warriors are going with the Warriors and Steve Kerr are going to make some big adjustments and they're not going to let kind of what happened to Steph or use that to their advantage even more than what they did throughout the game. So mm-hmm. I'd say uh ball's definitely in the Warriors court, um, but the Celtics are definitely not out of it for sure. Dude, I'm looking at the at the Celtics box score because what you just just when you were when you were saying like role players play better at home. Um, <laughs> you hear that? Mm-mm. This like ad just popped up on my screen. And it was like, oh! okay. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, Derek White played 21 minutes. Grant Williams yeah. 16. Pritchard five. Pritchard played, mm-hmm. Pritchard played five minutes and went over three from three. That's hilarious. <laughs> he just. Yeah. And then and Derek what Williams White, and White have. Derek, Derek White had went 0 for three from three and had one point in 21 minutes. He was minus yeah. 13 from the field or minus 13 plus minus. Grant Williams, 16 minutes, three points, minus 18. Yeah. That's horrible. That's like worse than horrible. And I mean, uh, and they were very close to being in control of that game. Yeah. That's the thing that makes me hesitant. And I, you know, to my Celtics buddies out there and, you know, people that are anti-warriors, I'm not going to go showboating yet. Like it's, to me, it seems like we're, it's still the middle of the battle. And uh, I just, yeah, this team's scary, man. So I'm, I'm going to, this is going to kind of transition maybe uh, uh, to our, to our U S open talk, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to, uh, to Nevada on Thursday. And I talked a little bit about, we talked gambling with my brother and, and my buddy Stuart on, on the last pod after our uh, basketball, but yep. I'm getting there on Thursday. I'm, I'm leaving early from Boise to get there in the afternoon so I can place a bet on the finals game. Spread is three and a half. Boston. Boston's favored by three and a half. What would you say? What What's the play? If I was just to do like Warriors plus three and a half or Boston minus three and a half, what would you, what would you go with? Um. I see Boston either winning by 15 or Warriors winning by 15. I think it's going <laughs> to be a blowout in one, in one direction. Um, personally, me, I would bet the Warriors because I think, you know, they've done this in Cleveland. Um, in 2015, they won the closeout game in Cleveland. Mm. Uh, like, they know how to win on the road. They won game four there. There's right. going to be a lot of extra pressure for Boston. 
that I think is, yes, they're at home and yes, they'll have the fans on their side, but that also can get in your head when you feel like you're, you have, you're supposed to win it. So, um, yeah, I'd probably go with Warriors on the spread and then probably just throw in a couple player props, you know? Yeah. If like, let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. NBA final players. Um, all these are, what, what, what were you thinking? Well, I like like a Gary Payton. If his if his points total is at like a a seven and a half, I'd probably hit the over on that. Um, I think he's gonna get these a couple of easy layups, maybe a dunk, and it's gonna it's gonna go to quick eight ten points. Um, I like Clay over. I obviously game six Clay, depending on how many points, uh, it is it's at. I bet you Vegas is not that dumb, and they're gonna give you some uh, crazy point totals for him. What what and do you then, think? He, what do you think he's at? Oh, I bet you he's at like 25, 26. 27. Yeah, yeah. They and don't that's, even that's have pretty um, good. They don't have Gary Payton on FanDuel. They don't have Gary Payton's player prop. No. I think it might be too low. Mm. You know what I mean? They don't even bother putting it on there because it's not a good. It's not good on either side. Actually, I mean, Looney's on here. Looney's five and a half. Points? Yeah, five and a half over under five and a half points. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He, I think he'll have six easy. I'd probably bet on that too. But, I mean, I'd probably stay away from Wiggins. Tatum's probably going to have a bounce back game. Wiggins is 18 and a half. That's tough. Clay's 20 and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like those. It's a weird game. It's going to be uh, – I think it's going to be a blowout in one direction, like I said. That's a bummer because I like these games being close. But, I, yeah, that's not a bad uh, – It might a... be. It's just it seems like it's so easy. Like we've talked about the entire playoffs to go on these runs. Mm-hmm. And if you time that up, if you go on a run with like five, four minutes left in the fourth quarter – it just seems like there's no chance to a team that's to get back into it that quickly. Yeah. And that's why like last night you're texting me in the third quarter. You're like, should I be worried? You know, like how are we feeling? Yeah. And I give you, a it was just too, there. too early for that run. So, yeah. You called that yeah. really well. I was impressed. You called I it. Mean, it. The Warriors were due to not be the greatest third quarter team for once true so true i also kind of expected it true um all right anything more on, on basketball game game six is in boston like i said on thursday um yeah i'm excited i i texted our like uh our game chat group chat and i said I might pick the Celtics to win by a hundred. I don't know. It feels like this is the kind of game that the, like the calls go a little bit more in favor of the Celtics. Like the NBA wants it to go to seven and I'm not saying they're going to rig it, but I'm saying that like, it might be a little bit in favor to get it to the Celtics winning at home. And then maybe they, the Warriors can, can win it at home. Yeah. I mean, uh... I think uh, most people are thinking that now with all the stuff that's come out and kind of how the games have played out, it seems like it's almost a for uh, 
it's almost official that like the league's going to try to extend these games. I mean, they've like um, basically said it, right? Yeah. And even the refs, the old school refs that come out and talk about it, like, yeah, you could see it. The Warriors are just going to have to, they're going to have Oh no, you cut out. Just not get them in my ear. Yeah, you're back. You're back. Okay. I Keep think going. the Warriors just have to be less physical, shoot the ball well, and just do not talk to the refs like what Marcus Smart was doing last night. And like as hard as it may be, like you cannot give them free technicals, flagrants, like nothing like that. Yeah. I just mean your game. Yeah, you're right. It's like Boston's not going to shoot as poorly as they did this game. And so that means like Golden yeah. State's going to have to shoot better ultimately, especially if they want to win this next game. Um, yeah. So you're right. I think it's not rigged or anything, but yeah, the the calls are probably going to go a little bit more in favor of the Celtics. And doesn't mean the Warriors can't win, but game seven. I've seen crazier things. Yeah, I agree. Game sevens are like the ultimate money maker. So if I was the NBA, I'd want to get the series to go to seven. I don't really care if it's sure. I mean, more people are going to watch. So, <laughs> yeah, that's valid. All right. For sure. Um, do we want to, do we want to talk us open first or do you want to recap a little live golf? To give our quick thoughts on how it went. I honestly didn't even watch a second of live golf, but if you want to talk about it, fill me in a little bit. Um, I heard, well, honestly, the biggest, the craziest thing was like, they showed the top, like what the top five guys, uh, of the RBC Canadian on the PGA tour made last weekend. And it combined for like three or 4 million total. And like Charles Schwartzel made like 4 million, 300,000. And I'm just like, this is insane. Like that that's the first term of the year. And Rory, who's a 10 times better golfer than Charles Schwartzer. Schwartzel <laughs> is like, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't watch it. So if you want to fill me in. We had talked about kind of the broadcast and like what we thought like they could improve from the PGA. Yeah. I was not a big fan of it. Um, no. The scoreboard looked, I, part of my take, I think said it looked like a dude perfect video. And I thought that was so perfect. <laughs> um Yeah. It looked really bad. Um, it's weird that they're all playing at the same time um, because it'll be like they instead of saying what hole the players are on, it'll just be like five holes to go. Kind of like a NASCAR. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. And so you're watching and you're like oh the play they're on they're on 17 it's like two holes to go you're like they're on 17 it's like well no this group's on the whole six and like this next group's on hole like 14 and so it's like it's yeah not, i i part like i don't know if i'm just a golf nerd like and i know you are too so you probably won't we're probably not reaching the the total like the complete demographic here but mm-hmm. I like when courses are set up a certain way that like the finishing holes are either like scorable or like super difficult or like a signature yeah. hole is the 17th. And I, it didn't really matter this tournament because Schwartzel won by, I mean, he was in control the entire time. I don't even know mm-hmm. how much he won by, but I just know he was, he was leading after the second day and then won. So there wasn't a ton of drama. 
and sure i'm wondering like what will the drama be like when maybe that's not even what they're targeting because that's even though that's what i really like about golf like the drama of of a player coming down 18 with the other player that they're tied with is either playing next to them or watching them from the clubhouse and they have to make a big putt with everyone's eyes on them like that won't happen in the live golf and i hadn't really thought about it like that yeah there there won't they're just gonna get done and it's like oh you you tied with someone else and it's like oh really i i wouldn't have hit that shot if i knew that or whatever so yeah i didn't even think about that it was just you're right like imagine like you're on it's like dj and patrick reed or something tied in tournament but one of them's on hole six and one of them's on 15 you know like one of the farthest ends of the golf course and like you said they may not have looked at the scoreboard or they might not know that it's that close and they miss a putt or make one even if they make it to win it they're probably not even going to know like that feeling of like, I beat them, the other guy's waiting in the clubhouse. That's dang, that sucks. Yeah, I don't like that. So I don't, as real as it seems, I don't, I honestly don't know how they're going to keep it, keep it going. Yeah. And, and I watched it on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. The first day it was like 80,000 people watching. That's nothing. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. That's nothing. And it's the first day. Of the first of the first, like, that should be your most. 100%. There's no way in, in, on, on week six of the live golf tour round two that 80,000 people are going to be watching. I don't care who's on it. True. So I think most, but most of your golf fans are kind of, taking especially american golf fans i think taking your taking a stance on it and they're like i'm not gonna watch that like why would i yeah and that's probably a lot of your viewership like people just saying like like they may be interested but like i don't want to watch it yeah it's it's not the pga tour or just people a lot of people could just be old people who have no idea this is going on i've talked to a lot of people in my course about this and there's like the live tour what is that and I'm wow. just like, how do you not know this? Like the Dustin Johnson top three player in the world is not in the PGA tour anymore. It's honestly, but, it's there's, it just doesn't matter unless it's a major. Doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So anyways, I, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was a super success. Okay. So, and I honestly think it, it kind of hurts them that a major is this week because the yeah. momentum of it just stops. hundred percent. They probably should have chosen a, a, like a month gap where there was no majors and yeah. maybe boring golf going on. Um, that's the other thing too, is they don't play every week. So that's, mm. I, I don't know how they're going to develop like a consistent audience. If you can't, and it's only on for like, it's, it's only on for like three hours. Which, weird for golf, oh, yeah, it's short. A scramble, yeah, yeah, or shotgun, yeah, shotgun. I meant, yeah, yeah, shotgun. And it's not on Sundays, which I feel like if they did, if they were going to do three days, it should be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, not Thursday, Friday, Saturday. 
Yeah, I do too. I don't know why they chose to do Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Huh. So I just, I didn't think it went that great for what it's worth. Gotcha. Um, all right. U.S. Open. Yeah. It is at the country, the country club. That's, that's just what it's called. The country club uh, mm-hmm. in, in Brookline, Massachusetts for the, their fourth U.S. Open. Uh, last time yeah. they hosted a major was the 1988 U.S. Open. Um, they also had the Ryder Cup in 99. This was, if you've seen, uh, I'm assuming you've seen the greatest game ever played. Yep. So this is what the greatest game, this is where the greatest game ever played is set. So oh, That's cool. It, I didn't realize that. Yeah. So the Curtis Strange won it in 88. He was six under. Uh, okay. Julius Bor- Boros won it in 63. He was nine over. Nine over. Nine over won it. Wow. Uh-huh. And then in 1913, Francis Omwinet, Omwinet, the guy in the movie, uh, 12 mm. over won it. Mm. 12 <laughs> over. And he won the playoff. He won it in a playoff by five strokes because the other guy, like, collapsed. <laughs> um, Dang. Okay. So, there's a little history. It's par 70. It's yep. 7,200 yards. Mm-hmm. So is that just for the people that don't follow golf? Is that long or short? Par 70, 7,200 yards. It is long for a normal tour event, but it's short, I've heard, compared to most US Opens. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. Um, um, which I kind of like. If you're going to make it that tough, you know, the rough is, I saw a video. Oh my gosh. And it was a guy dropping a ball in the rough, just dropping it from like knee height. And I think it, it like buried, vanished. And it was like four inches down after he used his hand to wipe it away. And I was just like, if you're hitting a drive into that, you, you have to just chunk it out and just try to save par or whatever you're doing. And it's like, so yeah, why not make it short and favor people that can be accurate with the golf ball? You know, not make people have to step on it and hope it stays in the fairway. Right. So right. I'm, I'm pumped for it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's a good point. Um, so who, okay, let's look at, I'm going to look at, I'm pulling up the betting, the betting favorites. Who do you think is, is the, has the best odds to win? Um, well, the biggest name that I saw, I was looking up uh, fairway accuracy on tour this year, uh, percentage-wise. And the biggest name that I saw at the top, I think he was at number three, was Abraham Answer. Interesting. Um, at like a 70% fairways hit uh, rate. Okay. And it's not like the other guys are too far behind, and it's not to say that this number plays a crazy role. Um but yeah, I don't see it actually being a long driver of the golf ball unless the pros think you can just hammer it and get away with it and be fine. Mm-hmm. If you can chunk a wedge out and find the putting surface and if the greens like are somewhat, not, I want to say favorable, but okay to get away with doing that, then yeah, you'll see a big hitter have more success. But like... 
Kisner was talking uh, with the foreplay podcast from Barstool. He's like, he's I got a chance. Like these guys that and he you know, usually pounded. says he doesn't on the on the U.S. Opens. Yeah, because it's so hard. They make right. it so long, and like the greens are impossible, and the conditions just in general are pretty bad. That it's like you have you would have no shot. But you know, a guy that's pounding it two ninety, uh, maybe just at three hundred probably has a chance this week and that is what i think most golf tournaments should be about yeah the long hitters are good but um like favoring the putters or the people that are accurate with the ball is i think my favorite yeah i like it um abraham answer plus nine thousand to win <laughs> i mean this, this this would be the greatest take if, if he actually wins it but I mean, I don't see it happening. I think you're going to need some experience to win there for sure. In terms yeah. of maybe a major one. Um, I like like a Morikawa. He's been quiet in majors. I like him. One of the best, if not the best strikers of the golf ball, iron wise, at least yep. Um, yep. on tour. Uh, I like him. In terms of big hitters, I mean, Rory's playing real well. He's the he's the favorite. Yeah. Uh, betting betting wise, at least. Uh, I just don't know if I can see him getting it done. I see do a I, hot like a. Do you want to do a draft? What do you mean by that? Like, do you want to pick? We'll each pick five. We'll rotate each pick five golfers that we think could win. Um. Just just for fun. Okay. Just for fun. This is just this is this is just this is just off the cuff. I think, it, and we can just talk a little bit about each. So we get we get a little bit of a. Uh, it allows us to talk about it a little bit more than just uh, than just spitballing because we could go over almost every one if we wanted to. But this, I think this, I think this will be fun. Okay. Um, you want me or you to go first? You go first. Guess guess go first. Morikawa. Ooh, it takes Morikawa yep. one. And I just like him as a player. I love his game. If his puck. Butter gets hot. That's the biggest thing. He's really not good at putting. If he can get that putter rolling, knock a few birdies in, hit greens, hit fairways, I like him a lot. I'll take Justin Thomas. Oh, you think he's going to go back to back, huh? I don't know if he'll go back to back, but I like him. I mean, he's playing really well right now. Yeah. And he's also a really good, he's also a really good iron player. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go JT. Okay, I like it. Next on my board, I'm gonna go John Rom. Okay, okay. I think he's been one of the most, in a way, like quiet. Like he has his name has not been out there for at least in my opinion. I like I have not heard of his name in a while, and the guy's won a major. Like we need to put some respect on his name. World number one. I like John Rom. I'm gonna go uh, Xander. Xander, I like that pick. I love Xander. I pick him anytime I do a a pool, like enter like a random pool or something, or I do a pool with friends. Uh, I always pick him 
especially in ones that reward like places, like not just like the winner. It's like, okay, aggregate score or whatever. He seems like in almost every major is like top 10. Like he's been, he's, he's never, I don't think he's ever won. Right. He's never won. Um, no, never won a major, but he's, he's just, he's, he's always up there. And so I like him. I like him. Yeah. The issue is that he's a little young. He He hasn't been able to do it on, he hasn't been able to do it like when he's in contention, but yeah, if there's any time to do it, like why not now? Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going to take a, a favorite pick here. Not that my other ones weren't favorites, but I mean, Shoffley, right? I mean, not Shoffley. Uh, what am I trying to say? Scheffler. Uh, okay, I was like, Scotty. I definitely just picked uh, <laughs> Xander Scotty. <laughs> uh, Scotty. I mean, the guy is – he is an absolute animal. His swing makes no sense. I literally watched videos of it, of his feet just like – doing dances, moving all the way back. And I'm like, how do you put a square face on the golf ball? But that guy is the most calm and cool, collected dude I've seen on a golf course in a while. And he just seems yeah. kind of like an assassin. He yeah. seems like a young DJ. And uh, I like him. I'm going to go with him. I like it. Uh, I'm going to pick Max Oma. Mm. That's actually who I want to win, to be honest. Oh, I would, I would die if he wins. That'd be, that'd yeah. be so great. I love that'd him. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. He's actually playing well too. So yeah, he's not playing well. The uh, a lot of top tens, like striking the ball well. That's what I'm saying, bro. That's what I'm saying. I'm down. I'm down. Let's get some good personalities going where we uh, actually know who these guys are. That's yeah. what I like best about him. Because I feel like I know Max. <clears throat> okay, um, one, more, then... one more and then a long shot. I am going to go. Oh, I'm taking him from you. Jordan Spieth. Dang it, dude. <laughs> yep. It's bad. Jordan. There has to, I am convinced there is no, there has to be a day where he just gets it together. Well, he's gotten it, he's gotten it together for days. The problem is four. Yes. I just mean like, (laughs) no, I know in a major, I know what you mean. Jordan Spieth controlling the event. I know he has it in him. It seems like Tiger to me. Like we saw Tiger get really better, better, better. And we were like, any of these days, now we're at the Masters. Like that's his place. Just go do it. Go put it together. I really, hope I really hope so. I hope he's just screaming on tee boxes, yelling at his ball, and just puring golf shots and sinking twenty footers. So, Jordan. Um. There's two guys I'm debating between. Um, I'll go Zalatoris. Solid. He, he hits I the ball. Get, he, go ahead. Yeah. I just cannot get over his putting stroke on short putts. It is insane. He 
he li- he looks like an amateur out there. Like he's like <laughs> moving the putter like in a little circle. And I'm just little, like, how are scared. you? How are you professional? You hit the ball so good. It's like go get a putting lesson, dude. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, but he, I like him. I mean, the guy's he's nails. He is, and he hits the ball further than you'd think just watching him. True. Like he, or just like looking looking at him. You're like, there's no way this guy hits the golf ball very far. And he just mashes mm-hmm. it. Definitely. So, I think he could get a – all right, long shot. I mean, I got to do it because it would be the greatest call ever, uh, answer. If answer wins this tournament, I want all the credit. That'd be insane. That'd be insane if he uh... – I don't even really know. I've seen him play a decent amount. Not the craziest fan of him, but just hit some fairways, dude. Maybe get it together, be in the mix, see what happens. Um, hmm. Dude, I have no clue. Um, hmm. I haven't even looked at the list, to be honest. Like, there's is there like I'm just looking at a bunch of odds. Um, I mean, in the answer range is like Taylor Gooch, Terrell Hatton, Webb Simpson, Bryson DeChambeau. Ooh, Webb Simpson. That's a good one. What about Sebastian Munoz? No, you know what? I'm going... I'm going Mark Leishman. Yeah. I don't know why. Mark Leishman, I like it. I'm going Mark Leishman. I'm going Mark Leishman. That's my that's my sleeper pick. Oh, who, who do we forget about? We forgot about uh, the other one, Mark Leishman's buddy. What's his name? Shane Lowry. No. Let's do just look to look a look. The long there. blonde hair looks kind of mullet. He's like he was in the mix the last one. The last major or the last tournament? Major. PJ. Cam Smith? Yes. He's the Cam Smith. He's the fifth favorite. Yeah. That guy's good, man. I just he, he no one talks about him. Yeah, you're you're totally right. He's been hasn't he been kind of in contention for the past like the past couple like recently i don't know i feel like mm-hmm. i can him a lot up there yeah but then on like uh i'm just saying yes you hear him and, and he performs in these tournaments and then on a week-to-week basis where we don't necessarily talk about him um but honestly like it's literally who just has a good couple days and then who can hold the rest of the days that aren't that great together. Cause the U S open is so hard. Like for me telling us that the winning score in 1963 or whatever it was, was nine over 12 over whatever you said. Right. That just shows you how hard this, they make it. Right. And they just love to see people struggle, which is, it's fun. It's kind of fun to watch, you know, when players are like, oh, that was a good day. I shot even par. Right. When it's like in a normal tournament, a good day is six under. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're so. right. It's, the U.S. Open is not about like playing great golf. It's more about just not being bad. Like it's <laughs> like it's a, it's more of like a survival test than yeah yeah. So yeah. gotta be so exhausting if you're a player playing that. Like you just mentally gotta be just drained after it for real. Especially since it's a different course every year. Mm-hmm. So you know, you just know going into it, it's going to be tough. And you're like, I don't really know why or what. Like, I know it's the rough is going to be, th- but I don't know the course super well because it's different every year. And yeah, and yeah I just know it's going to be a battle. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Me too. All right, man. That's all I got. Um, go Warriors in game six. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to post – You're ready for some golf. Yeah, I'm going to be a good weekend of sports. Uh, I'm going to post on the in- the Game Chat Instagram in probably tomorrow, probably Wednesday, uh, and ask for some some bets that people want me to place for the Warriors game and for the U.S. Open. So, 100%. All right, bro. I'll catch you later. Thanks for doing this again. Of course, uh, it's good uh, being on here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're now a recurring guest. So as they say, I'm part of my take. You have to come back anytime I ask you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, man. All right, I'll bro. Later. Yeah, peace.